This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist. I would like to welcome you to an exciting new series I'm putting on each month in 2017. In the month of January, I'm going to go through 30 days to a better compliance program. So each day, I will detail some part of a compliance program that you can utilize to help you improve to have a best practices compliance program for 2017. With the operationalization of compliance mandated by the Department of Justice in the form of their Compliance Council, Wei Chin, and incorporated into the FCPA pilot program announced by the Department of Justice in April 2016, it's more important than ever that you upgrade your compliance program and show how you've operationalized. In this series, I'm going to help you do that. I hope you will enjoy this series. I hope you will join me, and I look forward to this journey with you. This is Tom Fox. Welcome to day 14 of 30 Days to a Better Compliance Program. Today I'm going to discuss design of your compliance training program. The communication of your anti-corruption compliance program is something that must be done on a regular basis to ensure its effectiveness. The FCPA guidance explains that compliance policies cannot work unless effectively communicated throughout an organization. Accordingly, the Department of Justice and Securities and Exchange Commission will evaluate whether a company has taken steps to ensure that relevant policies, procedures have been communicated throughout the company, including periodic training, certification of all directors, officers, relevant employees, and where appropriate agents and business partners. Viewed from the perspective of what a company needs to do, to work towards ensuring compliance and ethical behavior, training is clearly a communications tool. But it compliance training needs to be effective, but to be effective, it needs to be risk-based in its focus. This means that employees with the highest risk of exposure to bribery and corruption need to receive the highest levels of training and refreshers. From there, you can tailor your compliance training down to an appropriate level of risk for other employees. Risk, rank, risk ranking of employees is usually considered in a tripartite structure of high risk, medium risk, and low risk. High risk employees can be defined as those whose roles in your company can significantly impact the company from a legal perspective around anti-corruption and a robbery laws. Medium risk employees can be defined as those who face risk on a regular basis or present a moderate level of impact, excuse me, negative impact to a company if they mishandle the low risk. Low risk employees are those with a low likelihood of facing compliance, anti-corruption, or anti-bribery risk. Through the risk ranking process, you have internalized the admonition that you continually hear from U.S. governmental regulators that one size does not fit all in deciding the content and intensity of compliance training needs for each role or individual. You should now be ready to design your compliance training. The first step is to define what you are trying to achieve with your compliance training. This certainly means more than simply check the box training where implementing compliance training and when implementing compliance training, you need to put some significant time and thought into it. It should be well designed to the targeted group of employees who receive it. 
your compliance training can and should have several business-related goals in addition to the specifics of anti-bribery laws such as the FCPA. These include identifying the business objectives and engaging in commerce in a legally compliant manner, managing threats which may come to your employees you have identified as high risk, and business opportunities if you have sufficient compliance systems in place to prevent bribery and corruption. Moreover, you can present tangible, tangible business benefits if you address these issues in a positive manner. Finally, such focused training can and should help you ensure <coughs> the integrity of your company's reputation by strengthening your business culture and ethical conduct. With these goals in mind, you should develop a curriculum using your risk-based model and set uniform methods for acquiring content and maintaining records and reporting. This should be followed by the establishment of standards for selecting appropriate conduct, delivery methods, frequency, and assurance based on risk exposure. You can have the technological solutions for both e-learning delivery and documentation. Lastly, you should consider training content revision when requirements or risk analysis change. So this means that if your situation changes, your compliance training may need to change. If you are in an industry where there have been multiple enforcement actions around gifts, travel, and entertainment, perhaps that's something that you might want to ramp up. What about if employees are being shaken down at borders, either uh, going into a country or even coming out of a country? You could put on specific training on how to resist a bribe in those situations. But you need to consider content revision when your risk analysis changed. After the design of your training program, the next level is to design specific training courses. Here you should establish your learning objectives and map the training to the legal and competency requirements required by the relevant laws. You must also remember who your audience is and what their characteristics might be. So for high-risk employees, for example, you'll need to focus their training so they will be able to act with confidence in a wide range of scenarios and conditions based upon a strong understanding of risk requirements and penalties. For medium-risk employees, compliance training should include scenarios so that they know the risks, requirements, and penalties and should be able to apply their knowledge to common scenarios using standards and tools that are given to them. For the low-risk employees, they should be made aware of the risks, requirements, and penalties as well as your company's expectations on how to address it. They should know where to look for the relevant policies and procedures and most importantly, and this cuts for all groups, they need to understand how to get assistance in addressing a risk or making a, a decision. In other words, they need to know how to raise their hand. Next, you need to determine the appropriate mechanism of delivery of the content of your compliance training. You can use a variety of methods, each designed for the risk-based uh, rankings that you have developed for your organization. The delivery of compliance training for high-risk employees should be repeated frequently using various and several methods of delivery. You can include ongoing risk profiling of individuals through assessment of behavioral choices in online courses or live simulation exercises. Additionally, you should work to determine the effectiveness of your compliance training through group testing and accreditation. For your medium-risk employees, your compliance training should have the content to make them both proficient in the subject 
who refresh periodically, use a mix and mode mix of modes of delivery, both online and live, and have methods to determine the error evidence of understanding. To address content required for low-risk employees, it can be largely done through online training, but once again, you make, need to make sure that the material is reviewed and updated on an as-needed basis. So what are the three key takeaways on developing or designing your compliance training? The first is that you need to spend some time to identify your goals. What are you trying to accomplish? I hope it's more than meeting the minimum standards of the 10 hallmarks of an effective compliance program or other protocol you may be following because you need to think through really where are your risks and what can you do to not only detect your risks but to prevent your risks. And training is one of the tools that allows you to move to a preventative mode and perhaps even a prescriptive mode, which is where the regulators are, are suggesting that we go. So identify your goals in training and then try to structure your training to meet those goals. Second, uh, one of the continuing themes throughout these 30 days has been risk-based, risk ranking, determining your risk. So you need to risk rank not only the businesses that uh, your company engages in, where they may be doing business, but your employees, because that's going to be a big part of how you deliver training and what the training will be. So you need to risk rank those employees who have the highest risks of violating uh, anti-corruption laws such as the FCPA. This is going to obviously include uh, international salesmen, but it also could include third-party agents uh, and distributors. It's going to include people who travel overseas because every time an employee travels overseas, they have a government touch point, which is uh, going through customs. What about if you're trying to get goods into a country through import? Uh, there's a large number of employees, a larger number that may, than may be immediately apparent who have a high risk. And finally, determine your delivery mechanism. I've spoken about several of the ways to uh, deliver compliance training online, live, a mix of both, uh, video, uh, gaming, uh, various types, and there are several multiple compliance training vendors in the marketplace. But do not ever forget the power of live training. And I say that because when you meet someone, you develop a relationship with them, and they're much more uh, willing to talk to you if you put on live training. So for your high-risk employees, I would suggest live training. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening to Day 14 of 30 Days to a Better Compliance Program. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to Day 14 of 30 Days to a Better Compliance Program. If you'd like more information and training, please uh, check out my book, Doing Compliance, which, uh, which is available through the Compliance Week website. Also, if you've listened to this podcast on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it if you rate us. You'll definitely help in the rankings. This is Tom Fox, and I hope you'll join me for Day 15 of 30 Days to a Better Compliance Program. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.